Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. It is the last Within the Lines episode of the year. The status of the film industry was up in the air when this year started, Ty. And one year later, we've seen a lot of great movies. Spider-Man No Way Home two weeks ago. Fantastic. Not what we're talking about today, though. Today, we're talking about a film that potentially could have been the best of them all. Had to cast to be the best of them all. Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, all these huge names both the Morgans, Timothy Chalamet, just a lot of names, Ty. And it was it was available to everyone on Netflix, very accessible. Maybe not a great Christmas movie, um, but it released on Christmas Eve. <laughs> um, yeah. You said both Morgans. Did you mean both both Perrys? Yes, yes. I don't know where I got Morgan from. Tyler Morgan, I'm is that so a person? <laughs> Matthew Perry, Tyler Perry. That's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah, we got. I got a lot to say about this movie because it's, uh, it's more than just a movie. It's a uh, it's a statement, and uh, not everyone's gonna love the, that statement. Oh, that's for damn sure. But uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Let's get into 60% it. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. John Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so good. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. That's a short synopsis, but I feel like it it it, it touches all the key points. Yeah, for sure. It definitely does. Um, and I just want to uh, correct myself. Um, well, it's not really my fault. I, I did fuck up with the last name. But uh, it's Matthew Perry and Tyler Perry are the uh, two Perrys that are supposed to be in this. Matthew Perry actually not in the film. Um, he had a cameo that was cut. So uh, one of the, mm. the superstars who got a cameo, well, I don't know if he's necessarily a superstar, but uh, one of the big-name <laughs> actors that, that didn't get their cameo, he got cut in favor of uh, other big-name actors. So Yeah, he, he got cut for the Chris Evans um, like movie <laughs> interview cameo. <laughs> Which I didn't or even like realize Matt- that was him until Riley pointed it out to me. Yeah, no, they were like, Matthew Perry, we got Captain America, you're Canadian, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, don't look up, though. I mean, it's billed as a uh, satirical kind of comedy film. Um, I mean, I'm looking at Wikipedia here, my favorite resource here on Within the Lines. Um, says it's an American satirical science fiction film. Um, like I said, it, it's a lot of big names, directed, written, and produced by Adam McKay, one of the biggest names there is. Um, some of the names we didn't even mention, Ariana Grande. I think I said Timothy Chalamet. Um, just a, a lot of Rob Morgan. Um, there was uh, Hellboy was in this. forgot his name. 
um, Hamish Patel Brilliant. yesterday. Um, a lot of big names, and I was excited about this. Really had no idea what it was about. Um, just when I saw the first teaser trailer, and you, you see Leo, and you see Jennifer Lawrence, and you hear all these names, and it's exciting. And I, I don't know. What, what, what's your overall thoughts on this tie? It was it was a very in-your-face political commentary. Yes. Um, and and Adam McKay's like he's done that before. I believe the Big Short was about the 2008 um, financial crisis. He's done. Uh, he directed Vice, the thing about Dick Cheney. So like he's used to doing stories like around politics and and government kind of stuff um this one doesn't it was you know fictional but based very much on real life things and inspired by that and everyone talks about how um like left the media is and shit so it makes sense that everyone would sign up to in hollywood and sign up to be a part of this kind of movie especially under adam mckay who's so well respected yes Push back on the little political part. Well, I, I can't push back on it being political. Um, but th- there, there is comments about both sides of the spectrum. Maybe not so much uh, the left. Um, and again, I don't like getting political on this podcast. It's a movie podcast. But this is kind of the movie it is. I'm not going to talk about what's right or wrong, blah, blah, blah. Just what happened yeah. in the movie itself. Um, it also makes fun of the media. Like, it. let's not get that twisted. This isn't oh, the media. million percent. Yeah, this isn't the media <laughs> making a movie about one side. Like... And it's not them just making fun of, you know, you know, the rights and Fox News or whatever, although there's plenty of that to go around. Um, but just making fun of traditional media. I mean, they have a meeting with the newspaper and part of the story and the newspaper's like, yeah, we're just not going to publish this because they didn't get a lot of engagement. You know what I mean? And like all this other yeah. stuff that's happening. And, you know, you have like the, the CNN, you know, talk show that's supposed to be all optimistic. And I don't know if that's necessarily CNN, but. Um, and you have Hamish Patel and everything he's running and kind of cutting ties with it and pretending like he has nothing to do with it. And, um, it, it makes fun of the media as well. So I told you before that this seemed like a movie that Rotten Tomatoes would eat up the critics and maybe Riley brought up the point. Maybe some of them were upset about how they bashed the media. I don't know. Um, I feel yeah, like, I mean, especially Hamish Patel's character is like a, like a clickbait blogger. Like he uses anything just to get clicks and views on it. And I feel like that could affect some people you know in that blogging um you know journalist type that hey type thing watch, watch what you say it, bitch <laughs> yeah it's true that's probably when you're gonna give this a shitty score <laughs> feel attacked <laughs> oh man i i'm not in the industry of doing that but there there's plenty there definitely are plenty adjacent people to what i do that are but yeah that was like the buzzfeed kind of making fun of that and and everything yeah. um I get called clickbait all the time, though. I'll, I'll write something that's like just not clickbait, like it's an opinion piece, and it's called clickbait. Like, wrote an article about how Brandon Staley has not been the defensive genius that was promised to the Chargers because all the Chargers defense sucks. This is a little sports talk in the movie pod, and someone commented clickbait article. And I was like, why yeah. is this clickbait? <laughs> well, I mean, you're gonna sit here with a straight face and tell me Mike Trout shouldn't be an All Star wasn't a clickbait <laughs> article. You gonna do that right now? <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't write about baseball anymore. Um, yeah, so I was just interested in this movie because – well, I was interested in researching this movie um, because there's a lot of, like, uh, COVID innuendos in there. And they actually left uh, – I don't know if you saw this, but there was a, a shot, very brief shot, where you could see the film crew all wearing masks and stuff. And someone pointed it out, yeah. and McKay said he purposely did that to kind of commemorate the, uh, you know, the filming and how weird of a process it was. But I was like, how much of COVID did this have to, like – was this a movie where COVID happened and then they were like, boom, let's make it about COVID? Or was this a movie where it wasn't about COVID and it kind of turned into that a little bit? Uh, the origins of this film, actually, it was announced in November 2019, obviously before COVID, sold by Paramount to Netflix several months later. And um, it, it was supposed to be mostly like a a climate change um, Yeah, You know, the film is a, a satire of government and media indifference to the climate crisis. Um, so how much of that is related to covid i don't know i just don't know if those things are so intertwined in terms of how the world perceives them and it might just be that it might be like you know like the issue of things like global warming and other you know political issues as well as covid it's kind of like why are we turning these things political and it's just it's so similar in that regard that do you get what i'm saying like it's not about covid but these things are so similar in how they're handled in the real world that you could also connect it to that you know what i mean well, I, I think it was probably written to be very much like a, a commentary on uh, climate crisis, but then COVID happened while producing this, and 
it's impossible to think it didn't have some influence on like the story being tweaked or, you know, little things here or there being referenced. Um, It's just with it being a political commentary in this day and age of something so political um, where people are fighting back against scientists, just like in this movie, like it's impossible for them not to include parts of that into this story. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, this is much more doom and gloom. Like, well, I mean, COVID's obviously a very, very big issue, but like, <laughs> this is a meteor destroying Earth, and like, that's kind of the argument of climate change. Like, we're just kind of destroying our own Earth, and um, and then yeah. at the the end, you know, spoiler, of course, you know, you see all the rich people that, and they, you know, it's oil companies and all these companies. They get to this new planet, and it's all beautiful, and then they just get eaten by, you know, the the creatures or whatever, um, before they can mess up that environment. Um, it was, it did start filming, uh, the beginning of COVID. It started. Uh, it was originally slated to begin in april 2020 um but it was delayed until november because of covid lasted until february um so they actually kind of turned the post around on this pretty quickly it seems like i don't know it's i before we get into the scale one more thing i just want to touch on and ask you about this is kind of the second film we've uh reviewed of this nature um can you remember this the first one ty oh we're gonna go we're gonna go with law-abiding citizen and fighting fighting the (laughs) patriarchy no, I honestly um, don't remember. <laughs> almost ex- a little bit more than a year ago, Borat 2 um, was very similar. I mean, the movie itself is not similar. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the the political statements and, you know, how on the nose it is where Borat's actually more real life. <laughs> um, but, I mean, sometimes yeah. you can't tell the difference. Um, but it's similar. It, it is a little bit similar um, in that regard. So... It'll be interesting if we go back and listen to that and listen to how we talk to this one, because um, Borat's definitely uh, on the nose as well. It's not uh, trying to hide anything. <laughs> Borat subsequent movie film, just yes. a fantastic title. Which uh, we gave that. It'll be interesting to see how it, it ranks. Uh, we gave that a seventy-seven point five combined score. So I don't yeah, know. Um, we'll find out if we like more serious commentary or dick dick jokes. I guess. <laughs> I think I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> um. <laughs> We could jump into it. I, I don't got. Do you have anything else on it before we jump into the scale? Yeah, I got the scale, Jay. Let's talk about story. Story. Plot slash story. Plot. That, that was the other word I was looking for. Okay, so some things I liked before I give my score. I liked that they all died. Like I, I was, I was, I was expecting it. I didn't think they were gonna do the bullshit save the day at the very end. Um, but I liked that they stuck to their guns and they're like, no, everyone's dying. Which again. Because of the subject matter, you could kind of predict that, um, you know, and they even made it look more serious. Like there's a scene where they're all sitting at the table and like it's all shaking and they're all scared. And it's supposed to be like this beautiful moment. It goes in slow-mo and then it's just you see an explosion really quick. It's almost like the reality. Like it's the whole movie's trying to be a, a slap in your face of reality, a, a dosage of reality. The yeah. story itself, I don't know. It, it's very it's it, it the, the political commentary kind of gets in the way of creating like a compelling story which there is still some story in there and the story is supposed to be based on real life but i mean it's just it's it's like a mockumentary that's fiction it's not real but it's trying to be real and i i don't know i just there's not a lot of like actual story in this other than like we found a comet they're exploiting the comet for profits climate change we all die at the end like you know you have leo kind of doing his little thing I, i don't know what what the point of that was i guess so the movie just doesn't feel pointless and it could get up to two and a half hours. I don't know. I gave it a 10 just because I didn't like the story. It, it was just like there was none. But like I still give a little bit of credit to the the relating it to, I guess, real life and how it, you know, how they use that, I guess, to kind of to mock real life with it, kind of make it sense and seem real. I don't know. What'd you give it? Well, I agree with you um, that I think the commentary gets in the way of the story. Um, I, I it, it does start right away. Like the opening scene is her finding the comet. There's no bullshit or anything. Yeah, and I appreciated that. But once you get into it right away, it kind of takes these detours to fill up space that really don't add anything. Like the entire thing of Leo like cheating on his wife, and um, you know, his entire thing of getting famous and becoming like the face of it, and like on the front of a magazine and all this shit. And then like Jennifer Lawrence's character, like you know having to sign NDAs and shit and finally just being like, all right, I'm done and leaving. Like it, it works to fill space, but it doesn't work to yeah. tell your main story. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's what um, the, the whole thing of that's weird. It's like, 
you're just kind of filling at that point, you know? Yeah, and like it, it, I guess it helps character building, but this kind of movie isn't really like a character building type movie. Like it's more an overarching point they're trying to get across rather than a individual story. Um, so I, I gave it an eleven. Okay. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't hate it, and it isn't like it drags, but it definitely takes unnecessary turns a, a few points through the middle of it. Yeah. Um, I liked the all right, we're going to do something about it. And then that kind of little twist of their turning around and no, wait a minute, we can make money off this type yeah. thing to add into that. Like, I like that aspect of the story and the realness of it, you know, and the commentary of it. It's like, well, we could do something, but we'd rather make money and wait to do something. Yeah. Um, so I like, I like the, what they were trying to do and everything. I, I don't think I enjoyed the execution of it that well. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Like I said, it's just like, the story itself just doesn't feel there. It's the, the the commentary just gets so much in the way of it. But I, I still give it credit for that commentary because it fits in the story. And, like, if we're just being real with ourselves, the story they are trying to tell is the story of <laughs> what they think, you know, I, I shouldn't say they, but, you know, like humanity itself. Like, this is supposed to be, like, a, you know, a real story that could be real. Um, and in that regard, it did its job. I think you get more maybe points and key elements for that. Maybe you don't, but... That's why I give it, you know, some some points. But if this was a movie about, I, I I don't even know. I mean, we've seen asteroid movies all the time, um, you know, Deep Impact, Armageddon, all these asteroid movies. Like if this was a movie and it wasn't didn't have the political commentary, I'm not sure what I would think about it because then you could say, oh yeah, they're focusing more on the character growth of like Leo and Jennifer Lawrence's characters. But like, it's all kind of pointless in the end. You know, if you're not going to do the political commentary, you do have to have some sort of story and climax and arc. And so without the political commentary, it's it just doesn't feel like anything. You know what I mean? And that's kind of why it got half a score, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Like maybe they get some points for, for key elements there, but it's, it's tough because they're obviously trying to create and like send out this message on the political landscape and everything. But like, you got to tell a story still. And yeah. they didn't balance that well. Yeah, for sure. This, oh, it's the, the, um, you're talking about asteroid movies. Um, the Land Before Time. It's a great one. Is that about dinosaurs? Yeah, it's a dinosaur. It's an animated dinosaur movie. And they they die because of the asteroid. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I honestly don't. I don't think that actually happens. I think he just casually dies. <laughs> no political commentary though. Strictly focused on plot. There's a good movie idea. There's like a meteor coming, and you're like worried about the meteor. Can like the hero save, and the hero just dies of like he gets stabbed before the meteor even happens. That's just the end of the movie. You don't even know if the meteor yeah. hits Earth or not. It's fully cuts you, and you're, you just don't know if everyone else died or not because it's told through that told through that character's perspective. Oh, Ty, we might be onto something. Has this been done before? Yeah. I don't know, but I fucking like it. It, it doesn't. You're worried be... about this big overarching, like you know, disaster, and you just never find out. It could be like a first person movie, but not actually f- filmed in first person, like that one movie was in like 2016. Remember that movie? Oh, I, what the fuck was that movie? I never saw it. It looked like it would have gave me a headache. Um, it was, yeah, I watched it. It was something hardcore Henry. Yeah. I just that like, but it doesn't have to be filmed in first person. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, no, maybe we'll you. film it. <laughs> this would not work. It's a stupid idea. I'll say maybe we film it like a third person video game. And it's just like always following the guy in his back. <laughs> I don't know what actor would sign up for that though. You never see the actor's face. Not one fucking time. Until it's just the, stunt doubles and voiceovers. Until the very end when he's dying and like he sees himself oh, as he's shit. dying. And then it's like, oh, my God, it's Leo. But we don't have to pay Leo for the whole movie. We just pay him for that, you know, that quick little shot. Fuck and then, yeah. boom, and then you see the reflection of, like, whatever they're worried about in his eyes. And then his eyes close before you get to see how the reflection ends if the asteroid hits. Or the final scene could be his, like, his actual eyes, you know. And then you just it, – it goes down to black, and that's the movie. No one knows if he saved the day or not. Fuck yeah. Let's write it. <laughs> Are we going to have political commentary in it? <laughs> um. We'll see what we how we feel about political commentary and key elements here, Jay. <laughs> well, you're, you're skipping ahead here, Ty, because we got to talk about visuals oh, and cinematography. Yeah, let's talk about that. I first. gave this. I don't know what I want to give this. I mean, I have my score, but I feel like I could lean both ways. I just don't want to give it too high of a visual. I gave it a 15 because I. You talk about it first. How about that? <laughs> I gave it a 16. Um, I, I appreciated the final scene with like the house shaking and everything, and, and how that was handled. And I think like the the CGI work was fine and everything, but yeah, it was fine. There was nothing. Like yeah, there was nothing that really blew me away. Like I, I feel like in a movie where the ever 
like the the looming threat throughout the entire movie is visible in every single shot that you shoot i guess in the second half once it's like they all go out in the street and look up and like they they didn't really use that in any way to like create this this level of panic or um you know kind of like um I'm trying to think of the word, but like to where it's like, you know, if there's a bomb like getting ready and it's counting down, like it creates this sort of franticness in the movie. And, and, you know, the people are a part of that are like trying to rush and get shit done before the bomb goes off. Like this is the same thing. And your bomb is in every shot if you want it to be. And they never use anything like that to kind of create this landscape. Really. There's a few things of like um, Jennifer Lawrence and Timothy Chalamet, like looking up and seeing it. And there's the scene where, it finally becomes visible. That's really it. Um, outside of that, there was no shots that are like memorable to me. And I don't care what the fuck he says, leaving the cast in the movie, like the, the film people behind the scenes, that wasn't intentional. That was a fuck up that he backpedaled. You think so? Oh, that's for sure a fuck up. Okay. Um... I don't think, because I think if you're going to leave them in, you find a way to leave them in for longer, more intentionally, not perfectly timed pause. Oh shit, there's a cameraman. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Yeah, um, that's fair. Visuals for me is I I, I push back a little bit on like the, the looming kind of threat. Um, they didn't necessarily look at the asteroid itself all that much, I guess, like you're saying. But like, I don't know, that whole end sequence when it, it's about a hit. Like you see some people panicking. You see some people at peace with it. You see people running from it. You see the people at the beach and like, you know, the water just instantly goes over them. And I already mentioned, you know, the scene where they're all holding hands at the table at the end. And it's like, you know, they're trying to pretend like it's not happening. Um, and then it just kind of rushes, you know, through them or whatever. Um, it's mm-hmm. like the explosion, like just like a slap of reality in your face. Um, I, I, I don't know that whole scene at the end where they're like sitting there and the tables rattling and they're trying to talk about pie and coffee and, you know, take their minds off of it and like, just not mention it at all. That scene. I mean, maybe this is key elements, but I don't know. I I give it more credit to the the visuals of it and maybe the, the acting as well. Like I felt my heart getting a little heavy, like, like almost like, you know, when something's bad about to happen in real life, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's because the whole time I was kind of picturing if this were to happen in real life, like what I would do, I kept asking Riley that, and I guess I can ask you that at the end, but like, I was just kind of like, ooh, like, I didn't like it, I didn't like it one bit, and, you know, that was part of it, but the rest of the movie, there was a lot of, like, I don't want to say artsy, because it's not like something like Nomadland, but there was a lot of cinematography choices with, you know, the way they would kind of shoot Leo when he's on the TV show, and like, kind of, you know, different camera angles, some of them is like, you're watching it through the TV show. Some of it's up close. You know, you got some like cutaways to just like nature randomly, you know, uh, or the asteroid randomly. And there, there was some, some unique filmmaking in this. Um, I gave it a 15. All that's just be said. It sounds like you enjoyed the filmmaking and like the visuals of it more than I did. And I gave it a higher point than you. I will. I, it was, I, it was, it was, they made their decisions and like, there wasn't any one shots. So that's where they lose a point. <laughs> oh, I fucking love me some one shots. Let me tell you. Me too, brother. Me too. Um, nah, I get you. And there was certain cutaways and everything. And it was shot like, you know, he's on set and you're viewing it like you're watching a movie of a guy on set. And then you're viewing it as if you're watching the show of him on set. Yeah. Um, and there was stuff like that, but they're really just like, I, I don't know for me, like the, that's part of making the movie. And, and I appreciate those artistic choices, which is why, you know, 16, it's, we're so used to giving out good scores because if you make a really cr- pretty artsy movie, like we show some love here. Um, 
and they made those choices and it worked, but there's no like memorable shots outside of that very last one. And I think that's really where I, I give a lot of the love to it. It's because I agree like that one, th- there's tension being built and, and you know what's happening and it's the inevitability of what's happening. Um, and, and I appreciated that, but I think they could have done more um, stuff throughout to get, get a little bit more love from me. Fair enough. Fair now enough. let's talk about some key elements. So see, I juggle this back and forth because the the point of it is very obvious. Like, but sometimes it can be a little too obvious. Like, mm. sometimes there is some some uh you know there's an art to be able to make these statements that you know can maybe fly over some people's heads. Um, but at the end, like at the same time, like they wanted to make a statement with this, so maybe they wanted to be blunt in your face, and that's where you kind of get in the mind of the filmmaker. And where our key elements, you know, category can be flawed a little bit because you're like, well, what was their intent? Is was his intent to be brash in your face? Well, that's exactly what he did. So does he get a twenty? But then you could also compare it to other works of its nature and like, you know, how effective it could be. Um, I, I don't think this this film. I think it does a good job of showcasing the divide, not only in this country but the world, um, and turning something like a an asteroid uh, political. And how some people are, you know, for the jobs that the astro- asteroid provides, um, <laughs> which, you know, is obviously a very, you know, um, you know, direct reference to, to climate change and everything. And, like, it does a good job in highlighting that and how the media blows everything out of proportion and clickbait and this and that. And, you know, the certain political figures and, you know, how they address that. At the same time, though, I think an important part of a movie like this is kind of making those statements, but also... I don't know, maybe some self-realization or some something, I don't know, some positive. Because a movie like this where you're stressing something like climate change, I'm going on a big monologue here. It's almost like I, I want this to be a positive message. Like, And you have Borat, which is just trying to make fun of people and be funny. I, I don't think Borat was trying to send this positive message where this film is kind of built up and painted up by the actors and actresses in it. Like, hey, we want to, you know climate change and this and that maybe the best way to do that is you know being blunt and kind of calling people stupid for lack of a better word but that's what this film was it like directly was calling people stupid and you know and making fun of everyone and not but not even in like a funny way just kind of like and again that's kind of reality and that's why i give it points is because like that that's kind of the truth of the matter with a lot of this but at the same time like i feel like maybe they could have done better to like I don't know. Again, it, it's interesting because it could just be a wake up call, and I, I don't know. I gave it a fourteen. I, that's I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I get where you're going with it, and, and I agree. Like, there's a subtle way to do it, and this obviously, like, it, it depends on what their intent was of this movie. Was their intent to entice the people who basically already kind of like agree with them, or if it was to try and make a, a statement to get people to agree with them? Yeah. Um. And it, if if it was built for the people who think like them and everything, and, and was on their side, then like, okay, yeah, you're kind of making fun of them throughout. But like, they they have to commit to the comedic aspects of it. Like, yeah. there's stuff that like seems like kind of funny, but it's really not that funny. Um. And, and so it's just such a weird, weird tone and approach to it. Um. Because th- there's absolutely zero subtleness about it. It's yeah. in your face the entire time and the fucking political rallies of don't them chanting, don't look up. Um, it, it's like, it, it's so in your face that it's like, I, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't think if they knew how they wanted to do it or what they were trying to achieve with this movie. Yeah. I mean, um, all the things on the, on the nose, you know, the, the rallies, the president having ties with a porn star being a porn star. I don't remember the exact, uh, you know, situation in the matter. Yes. The, the sexual tension between the president and their kid. Yeah, yeah, literally his Jonah Hill making the joke. If she wasn't my mom, I'd fuck her. Um, I don't think he finished yes. the line, but I mean, very obvious what that was about. Um, you know, you have like the 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 companies like Bash. Uh, shout out to Sebastian. Um, hey, you know, just only caring about profits and kind of the phones being able to read everyone and kind of that you know whole deal. And then you have the 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 guy who makes the phones is depressed and all that stuff and that's like could be a statement on technology itself but i don't know like you said it's just so on the nose and like someone who maybe doesn't believe climate change is real they're just going to look at this and be like they think they're smarter than us and blah 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 which you know 
I will take a political stance. I do believe in climate change. I know some people don't. I just don't see how you could look at it and not think the contrary. But I don't know. Maybe we are just in a hot period and there's ice ages and whatnot. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't think any like I don't think this accomplishes anything. I don't think it accomplishes what they wanted to accomplish. And maybe they were like, hey, if we just make this really brash movie where everyone dies at the end, that'll open people's eyes. OK, you could say that. But at the same time, like, I don't know the way you approached it. You kind of just made fun of, you know, 40 percent of people. And now they're just going to look at you even worse. I don't know. And more so than that, like it, it immediately is going to make a group of people not even want to watch your movie yeah. with the way you approached it. Yeah, because they aren't going to find this entertaining. Um, and again, like the like the the ending of it is like a, we need to fucking do something so this isn't our future. But you're not, you know, making the movie watchable for the target audience that it seems like you're trying to create this message for. It's so odd the way they did it. Um, and you have it was Bash, yeah, the the CEO guy who. Kind of like a Tesla, but just like all in general type thing. Yeah. Of like science guy going to space and shit and doing stuff over NASA. Uh, and like, I don't know. I thought like the his things fucking up was kind of like the, the cyber truck window breaking after saying it was unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just very much like his mannerisms, the way he spoke, it felt like a Tesla thing. But like, I think they just used that as like an overarching figure um, because like... Uh, this movie fucking i i will say i thought about it a lot after watching it yeah for sure but not in for like the fuck we need to do something but more like a what was going on with this movie type way not necessarily the way i want to think about a movie like this yeah and i mean that that's the thing too is like you could send all the same messages and just maybe not make it so on the nose like look this president is a donald trump satire like that's exactly what it is and satire is an art like it's not you know like I don't know. You either have to lean into it all the way with satire or you have to kind of be subtle about it. And they kind of like leaned into it almost all the way, but then didn't have like the comedic parts about it, which I guess if you're someone who doesn't like that certain politician, you know, Donald Trump, you, you might just laugh at it just because like, oh, haha, they're making fun of Trump. But like, that's not like really funny. You know what I mean? Like anyone could do that. Like, you know, I, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel and all them like can do that all they want. Like, I don't know if they were trying to be funny. I don't know. I, again, I still gave it a 14 just because I thought they painted a, a pretty realistic representation of what this world is like in terms of the dividing and everything. I thought that aspect of it was great. But then you get like that that chunk of the movie where it's the rallies and it's this and that. And it's like, OK, you spent 20 minutes of this film telling us you don't like Donald Trump. Like, OK, like the message should be about climate change and everything. And, you know, he's not the only corrupt politician, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. And. I gave it a 15. I don't think I ever gave my score. No. Um, but it, it's because, like, obviously, like, I'm with you. Like, yeah, climate change, change is real. And, like, yeah, I think the shit Donald Trump did was hilarious and, and incredibly unprofessional. And, and like, I, I, I'm, while not fully on that side, like, someone who seems like part of the audience who's, like, agrees with the message they're trying to send. And even I was, like, kind of off-putted by how they approached it. So it's just so weird. I can't give it any higher than 15. I think some of the things they did were, were accurate, but it just wasn't a great movie approach for it. Well, a good example is like Borat. Like I said, I mean, obviously Borat's not sending the message that fucking this movie's trying to send. But just to circle back to my point about satire, you're either subtle about it and it's like, you know, smart about it. Or you're fucking all the way in and you're Borat talking to these guys about Hillary Clinton drinking the blood of children and all that bullshit. Like, yes, <laughs> I, there, it's like it wanted to go there, but then it didn't. It it wanted to go there, but it also wanted to be a serious like let's win an Oscar movie. You know, I mean, this released in limited theaters. Netflix bought the rights. I'm assuming they they thought they had a chance to win something. Um, and well, it's just it's and just based on the cast, like they are up there, but like this is not an Oscar worthy movie, as you can tell by our first three scores so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It it was weird. Um, it it was a very weird to watch movie, and like you said, there there was no all the way in or all the way out. It pick and chose what it wanted to do, and like the Jennifer Lawrence scene where she's breaking down, like this isn't like this isn't something funny. Like you should be fucking horrified on the news thing, and then like the reporters kind of laughing it off. Like that felt like it was supposed to be like a ha ha moment, but like it, it wasn't. Yeah, like there's no laughs out of it. So it's just fucking weird. A weird movie it's frustrating me the more i try and explain my thoughts on it. 
Well, let's get into characters. I think this movie. Oh. Well, I think this movie broke my brain, but let's do it. You're not smart enough to understand climate change. That's why. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> um, characters, and this is what's so frustrating about this is you have and. I might take a little left turn here from what people think I'm going to say. You have Jennifer Lawrence. You have Leonardo DiCaprio. You have all these great actors who give pretty fucking good performances for the most part, I thought. Maybe you disagree with me. I'm going to hold my ground on this. I thought Leo. It's obviously not his best stuff. I mean, he's been far, far better. Don't get me wrong. I still thought he was really fucking good in this. And, like, kind of his, like, breakdowns he had. I mean, maybe the best character just in terms of uh, moments were when they were on that talk show. Leo kind of breaking down. Jennifer Lawrence kind of breaking down. I thought they were both great. I thought Leo was great. I thought Jennifer Lawrence was great. Jonah Hill was the only one that was actually funny, um, and that's because he's fucking Jonah Hill. Um, and he's a professional comedian, and sometimes you could tell when he's next to other people who aren't professional comedians. Um, I thought Kate Kate Blanchett was kind of good in her conniving kind of role. Um, you know, the guy, the bash guy, he was what he needed to be, and I thought like he actually – played the kind of you know dorky uh whatever you know kind of isolated rich guy um i thought you know meryl streep she played her role her role good uh timothy chalamet i know riley's listening right now she could hear us recording this she's gonna be mad that i said this i didn't really see the point of him not that he played his character bad but like okay um i really liked everyone in this film like i i really did it's a fucking star-studded cast and you could tell oh that you never gave us a score did i not no Oh, I gave it a 15. <laughs> He's just required. I was like, what, what, where's he going with I was this? waiting for you to pick it up. I didn't realize I didn't give my score. Um, but I, I, no, I, go ahead. Sorry. I also gave it a 15. Um, I, I, I agree. I think the emotional stuff and everything, the acting is really good. Yes. But the reason I'm like stuck at a 15 is because the writing for him is fucking yes. just not there. Not even necessarily like the writing in terms of lines because i'm sure a lot of these actors had a lot of liberties with what they said more so the the long-term writing of the character growth yes. and all that. yeah yeah a hundred percent like I, there's no the character arcs and everything like i guess leo he has an arc where he like is this um you know kind of like a shell of a guy and not you know he's like oh speak up for yourself in the meeting and then he becomes like the face of this movement and everything and then, you know, gains that confidence and then, like, becomes, you know, cheats on his wife and shit. And then, like, you know, uh, uh, back down to Earth breaks down and, and goes back from it. But, but like, that just kind of took away from the movie without actually really making me care about the character still. It's, it was weird. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence just didn't have a character arc. She was kind of just, like, scared and wanted everyone to take it serious and then just kind of said, like, fuck it. And was still just the same character afterwards. Yeah. And she's an incredible actress. Like, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I gave it a 15. Yeah, I, like I said, I mean, these are really good actors and actresses, and I really like their performances, even though I, I wish they could have done more with them. Um, and it's just a movie like this and a cast like this. It's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like we're rewriting a whole different movie and it's not even about a meteor anymore, but there's just there's so much potential. And I don't know, I really liked both the scenes, both Leo's and Jennifer Lawrence, where they're blowing up on the, the show, the talk show, and they're just kind of yelling and going crazy and you know, Leo, I, I read a review on this movie um, on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not going to be able to find it right now where it, they said Leo had his best blow up scene since whatever movie it was where he had kind of like an emotional blow up. Um, and it was really good. And it just sucks because it's like, let's get all these really good actors and actresses and kind of not leave them, you know, to their best potential. Yeah. And, and the more I think about it, too, it's like it's really good performances for different genres of movie. Like, Leo and Jennifer Lawrence gave great performances for a drama, while Jonah Hill did a great performance for, like, a parody movie with Meryl yeah. Streep. Playing yeah. like, and it's, it's like, it's so confusing because, like, it, these characters, like, the way they wrote them and everything just do not mesh together in this kind of film. Yeah. I think that's part of it, too, is because it's like, if this is, like, a serious dramatic role, Leo and Jennifer Lawrence are fucking fantastic, but it's it's not. There's like a lot of comedy aspects tried to be mixed in there, and like Jonah Hill and, and Meryl Streep. If this is a fucking full on comedy dive in, I feel like they're really good in their roles, but it's not. Yeah, and I I mean, I any listeners that might be like, wow, these guys are kind of bashing it, but still giving it pretty decent scores. Um, a nothing's like terrible, and that's kind of the point of the scale. Like you can get by and have 
pretty decent scores. I mean, I guess plot slash story, we didn't get very high, but you can have pretty decent scores and everything and still not get like a super high score. B, like there's just so much potential with this film. And I think that's why maybe a lot of what we're saying is seems negative is because this film could have been so much better than it was. You know what I mean? Like it, it had a lot of potential and it didn't live up to that potential. So we were kind of going to talk about it maybe in a more condescending um, notion, but when you look at our scores at the end of the day, that'll more appropriately kind of put it where it belongs. I just wanted to touch on that because we're, we're kind of bashing it, but like our scores, you know, aren't going to be very low. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that's for you know, it's it's a movie that really could have been so good if they would have known what direction they wanted to go. Now, with that being said, it was still a pretty decent movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just could have been really, really, really fucking good. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Going to enjoyment, I gave it a 13. I gave it a 14. It it hurt my brain because I didn't know if I liked it or not. And it just, again, it made me think so much. And it seems like I'm like going on tangents on every category (laughs) with this movie. And and it's, it's like, that's kind of my thing is like, it's a love hate. Like this could have been so much better, but I also like some aspects of it, but it just doesn't mesh. And I just, it's just. It's just there. It's above average. I didn't hate it. It wasn't a chore to get through. It was interesting to watch, but I don't love anything. Yeah, I mean, w- watching it the first time, um, I don't think I'll ever rewatch this film. I mean, you, the listeners know I don't rewatch films much as is. Um, if I was someone who rewatched films, I re- probably wouldn't rewatch this film very much. But I, I did enjoy the concept of what they were trying to do. Um, it was very on the nose and brash. And while I don't think that was infe- effective, me personally, like, you know, I do chuckle at some things. You know, it happens. I enjoyed the character work. Um, and the movie was long, but didn't feel like super, super long. I liked how they ended it. I don't know. It's a it's a movie I liked, maybe not loved. And, you know, the performances and everything kind of carries it. And, you know, the conversation maybe I had with Riley while watching it about certain things, you know, maybe helps it. But, like, it's not a movie you want to watch on Thanksgiving with your family. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll make for a great fucking holiday. <laughs> um, and it's right on that that teetering line of you know using our scale we have established that 65 and above is um within the lines which is what we would give fresh and it, it's teetering right on that line for me and based on the scale i would have to give it a fresh and i, I think that's fair I, I think i would give it a very soft fresh i mean obviously you don't have soft freshes it's either it's fresh or it's not i would give it a very <laughs> soft fresh but like it, it's it's almost getting graded on a curve for me you know what I mean? Like, this is the superstar the superstar student who got all A's in high school or whatever. Maybe we're talking about me, but I still had a 3.4 in college. What's up? No, but this is the kid that normally aces their tests, and they came in with a C plus. And it, it's fine, but it's you're, you're disappointed. That's how I feel about this film. Yeah, no, I'm for sure. And it's just such a deep cast. And, like, it's, it's a lot of cameos in there, obviously, and that's just, like, it, that's the nature of it. But the main players in the story outside of, I mean, no no disrespect to the, the Bash Mobile guy. I, I don't really know who he is. Everyone else is like major stars. Maybe maybe that guy's a star too. I don't know. Yeah. I, but I... like, it's like they're all major, major stars. And you expect this incredible thing when you get such well-respected, incredible actors and actresses to get onto a project. And it creates this huge expectation that it just, doesn't necessarily live up to while still being kind of enjoyable to watch yeah yeah and it just it it doesn't like i'm just reading some of these reviews and like some people are just like saying you know you could tell that they disagree with climate change but there's some people making you know very appropriate points that like make sense like i mean one person wrote um where to go yelling look at all the dum-dums cannot be the basis for successful satire now i don't know if fletcher powell considers himself part of these quote-unquote dum-dums that he's yelling at but it's true like you can't that's just not satire you know like unless you you go all the way like borat which is its own thing like we've already talked about but you know in this ruth maramis of flicks chatter film blog again if she has a review we probably should um no disrespect to ruth uh, (laughs) she writes nobody likes to be hit over the head with anything the first hour was promising which you said you kind of liked it a little bit more in the later half um I feel like I might have liked it more in the first half. I don't know. The first hour was promising, but it quickly became repetitive and verbose. Don't Look Up is not nearly as shrewd nor as smart as it obviously thinks it is. So it's, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree with it. The, 
they're making points whether they you know agree with Adam McKay's message or don't like it's I'm actually surprised that the reviews are actually like about the movie I will say that Um, (laughs) some of them this just feels like the most aggressive thing where it's like I don't agree with they're saying fuck this movie even if it's a good movie yeah um so that's surprising but yeah it's it's if you want to do it right create this subtlety to it and don't like I said don't hit people over the head with it because it's not it's not going to achieve what you want it to achieve. Um, and if that's, you know, if you want to make it serious, make it serious, make it subtle. If you want to make it funny, make it fucking funny. Make it to where the people who can laugh at themselves about it, where it's over the top Trump supporters and stuff. And the Trump supporters can just be like, haha, yeah. Like yeah. you can do it to where it still plays to both audiences and you can send a message. Just not like this. Yeah. Um, one review we read before we reviewed it. One Rotten Tomatoes review we read before we reviewed the movie here on the podcast was um, Robert Levin of Newsday saying there's nothing more excruciating than watching very famous people work entirely too hard to be funny. I don't know if, like, the Leo and Jennifer Lawrence were trying to be funny. Um, I don't know if the writing was trying to be funny. I don't don't know if their performances was necessarily trying to be funny. I don't think Leo was trying to, you know, crack jokes in this. But um, there was another one. uh, Tim Cogshell of Film Week NPR Los Angeles as much as I have the same political inclinations as Adam McKay and these liberal movie stars, I don't think I want to watch a movie that is presenting me with all of my personal points of views and poking fun at everybody else. So. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's kind of where I'm like, uh, yeah, I think climate change is bad and we should do something, but this ain't the way to fucking do it. Yeah. So I, I think COVID's bad and I think we should do something. This ain't the way to fucking do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed the, the, I enjoyed the yelling yelling look at all the dum-dums cannot be a basis for successful satire that feels very on the nose exactly how i feel <laughs> um yeah shout out, shout out to fletcher yep shout out to fletcher what'd you give it on your your final scale final score my final score is a 70 out of 100 really still see i guess i thought you were lower than me i gave it a 68 i don't know where the difference was because i thought i was lower than you too well you gave one um, more in visuals and i think it it, it all adds up I mean, it has to. <laughs> That's how math works. I gave it a 70. You gave it a 68 for a final score of just a fantastic 69. 69. <laughs> it's just <laughs> for this kind of movie that feels like a very funny, hilarious score. Like a movie that was trying to be serious, but also wasn't trying to be serious. Getting a 69 feels very meta. <laughs> Did we do this intentionally before the pod? Maybe. <laughs> You'll never fucking know. Not some more negative um, reviews. Um, real quick. Sorry. Um, yeah, fire away. satire is a precise tool not a blunt object i agree um and i really like this one um tim greason of screen international top critic last one i'll read don't look up takes aim at plenty of ills but a smug self-satisfied approach proves insufficient at addressing the legitimate woes at the core of this picture and i saw another review saying like adam mckay saying like this is wrong you know uh right politics are wrong the media is wrong uh technology is wrong but he never says what to do about it or something like that. And that's kind of, you know, he takes shots at everyone and it's just like, they die at the end. Like, okay, Adam McKay, I'm sure you like it's your solution. My guy, I don't know. We, we should make a satire about Adam McKay now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that does bring up a good point. It was like, this is all fucked. Everything we do is fucked. I'm not going to give any offer of a solution or my thoughts on how to fix it. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the solution is supposed to be just listen to the scientists, but <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong. I think that's a great start, but even then, it's like okay, like it's it's just in this movie, it isn't very overwhelmingly present. I guess. Well, they don't even do a good job of making the scientists look good. Like he shits on NASA. He has Leo become a you know he cheats on his wife and becomes a bad guy who becomes obsessed with the fame, and then you have Jennifer Lawrence who like goes and works at Bevmo, but they call it Drinkmo, and goes and hangs out with a bunch of like hippies. Like, you didn't make any of these scientists look good besides the world ending at the end. I guess that was their, their moment to look good, but... It's just a, yeah, we were right. Told you so. <laughs> um, did you have anything else on the film itself? No. I think that's... Uh, my brain is, is nice and broken, and I've accepted it. Well, I'll ask you this, then, to wrap it up before we get into our random Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, what would you do if you knew an asteroid was coming to hit Earth and destroy Earth and, like, Obviously, they had the hope of it. Like, you know, they, they thought they were going to destroy it. And so some people would hold out hope. And I'm sure I would be one of those people and you'd be one of those people, like, hopefully. But, like, you got six hours and the asteroid's going to hit no matter what. Like, what are you doing? 
I don't know, probably just like trying some crazy drugs with Victoria. <laughs> She's like, hey, we're going to die. Let's just let's have some fun together in these last moments. Like we can sit here and be sad as shit or we can just, you know, make another experience together. Enjoy our last moments. I told Riley I would try to take one of those like those suicide pills. <laughs> you just try to kill yourself to end it quickly. I don't think I could handle it, Ty. I, I don't think I could. If like you told me I had six hours to live, like I would be like, just rip it off now. Like, like I said, this these were the thoughts I was having in that final anticipation scene. Like, just the thought of knowing you're gonna die. It's one thing if like I just got stabbed in an alleyway and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm dying. But it's like I'm standing on the train tracks and I see the train coming a mile away and I just have to stand there and take it. And like, I don't know, man. I I, I don't think I'd be able to handle that. It doesn't matter. At the end of the thing, I'd just be dead anyways. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But fuck, uh, uh-uh. uh. That's like like the like like people who have died in ways that are like fucking like jumping out of an airplane and realizing both your parachutes failed. Oh. Just the thoughts that are going through your mind as you're falling to the floor. Or like again, I'm not trying to be insen- I'm not trying to be insensitive here at all. But like, I'm not even going to bring it up. Never mind. Yeah, you make a good point. We we could leave it there. Just 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 say it, and then I can okay it or not. We can just cut it. Well, like the people who like jumped off the towers during 9/11. Like what must have been going yeah. through their mind. Is that insensitive? That's fucking crazy. Like, I don't think it's insensitive. I think it's like a legitimate thing. Like, what is going through your mind at that point? <sighs> yeah. It's got to be fucking terrible. That's why I just want to be high as fuck on drugs so I don't have to go through that. <laughs> Where are you going to get the drugs from? Because I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be trying to get those drugs. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure the dealer's just going to be giving it out. I'll just be the first one there. They don't care about profit. They're going to die in six hours. Ty's just going to go out to the forest and eat some random fucking mushrooms. Whatever mushrooms he could find. <laughs> Whether they... They give them hallucinations or they kill them. <laughs> now, would you be willing to take the risk of taking that suicide pill? Like, says so like you take this and then 15 minutes later, it's like, boom, you died. And so like you pop it and then you're just sitting on the couch and it's like breaking news, found a way to stop the asteroid. <laughs> Fucking trying to make myself throw up. That's like the, the plot to the mist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He just fucking kills everyone, and it's like, yeah, just kidding. You would have waited like five more minutes. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I let's just hope, knock on wood, that never happens, and we could both live to be like 130 with the advancements in modern technology. Um, Fuck yeah. And hopefully, like reincarnation or heaven or something's real, because I don't want this to be it. <laughs> I don't want to look up and I don't know. I was trying to relate it to the the. I can't even think right now. The title of the movie, but it didn't work. Random Rotten Tomatoes movie score tie. So Riley asked me this question, and I asked, I answered it correctly. And I want to see if you can get the, the first question right. This does not count as a right answer. What is the last movie Jennifer Lawrence was in before this film? Oh. And I didn't fact check her. I'm assuming Riley was right. Now, was it like some bullshit animated movie, or is it like one that like I could know? No, you definitely know it, and it's definitely correct. The Passengers with Chris Pratt? No. It is not. It is Dark Phoenix. Ew. Yeah, her recent cinematography has just not been great. I mean, you have X-Men Apocalypse at 47. You have Passengers at 30. You have Mother. She plays Mother. Uh, 68, 51 <laughs> audience. Red Sparrow, 45. Dark Phoenix, I almost told you. And uh, Don't Look Up, uh, 55. I don't think I'm spoiling anything by telling you that uh, Dark Phoenix was rotten. Um, I think you knew that. Yeah. Um, no, I was aware of that. But she's been on a, on a, you know, she had the the crazy run of, you know, the Hunger Games, X-Men First Class, American Hustle, all those great, Silver Linings Playbook, all those great movies. And she's kind of uh, not looking great here recently. That, that sucks, too, because she's such a good actress. Like, I, she's very, very good. And it feels like she's getting, like, the shit roles. Like, she needs to hire a new manager or something. Yeah, she just needs to take better movies. <laughs> but, That's what I'm saying. Like, the people around her recommending movies to her, they got to stop doing that. I mean, she's filthy fucking rich, so I don't think it matters much anyways. <laughs> well, I feel like she's so rich that she could just be in really good movies and give great performances. She doesn't have to do the shitty movies, but she's unintentionally doing the shitty movies. Maybe that's what Mother was supposed to be. I mean, it only grossed $17 million, so I think that might have been supposed to be a good role, and it just wasn't accepted well. Um, it's Mother with an exclamation point. I'll point that out. A couple's relationship is tested when uninviting guests arrive to their home, disrupting their tranquil ex- existence. Is that Mother? Javier Bardem? Yeah, that's mother. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, I feel like this was intended to be a, a, a great artsy movie, and that's tough. Speaking get of, her in better projects. Okay, last point I'll make. Sorry. That movie said it was a horror movie. Go watch. I've never seen it, but I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out of ignorance here. But from what I've read, um, Jordan Peele's horror movies, particularly the first one. What was the first one that he did? Um, um, get Out? Get Out. Like, 
from what I've you know heard from like movie podcasts or whatever, like that is a great way to do you know satire while also being scary. Like there's just levels to this, okay? And that's that's this did not reach that level. This film, I just want to say that, which is crazy because Adam McKay is an incredible filmmaker who's very capable of it. And I don't know what happened here. Yeah, he's got that Lakers show coming out soon, though. I'm excited for that. Are you gonna watch that? Have you seen that? Good. I I'm looking forward to it. Did you hear uh, that ended his relationship with Will Ferrell? I did, yeah. Because Will Ferrell wanted to be cast as... Gary um, Buss, the owner. Yeah. He was like, nah, dog. Well, what happened was he wanted to be cast, and Adam McKay didn't think he was a good fit. And then Adam McKay, like, picked John C. Riley without, like, telling Ferrell, and that pissed Ferrell off. And, yeah, whatever. They haven't talked since. Which John C. Riley, they said, is his real-life friend. So how does Will Ferrell feel about John C. Riley now? I don't know. I feel like he's just got to get over it. Like, the dudes put you in every other movie. Yeah. You're fine. Well, they they had a joint production company. They had Gary Sanchez Productions. They were like quote unquote partners, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like you ain't got to be in all of his shit. Let him branch out a little. Not to mention, I love me some Will Ferrell. Really shitty here recently. You watch your mouth, okay? Jay, you know I love Will Ferrell just as much as you. What's the last good Will Ferrell movie that's come out? Eurovision was good. Eurovision was okay. We get what, what do we give Eurovision? Eurovision got a 71 and a half. It was the same as this movie. Hey, I, I don't know if it's good, but uh, The Shrink Next Door, that's on uh, Apple. Looks like it could be good. That's as a producer. Was he an actor in it? Yes. He's the main character Shrink along Next with Paul Door. Rudd. Okay. Eurovision, Downhill, Between Two Ferns is like a super small role. Zeroville, TV, 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 TV thing. Drunk he- Parents, Uncredited Role. He does a lot of producing the Lego movie. Now. I think he's just Holmes turned his... and Watson. <laughs> I think he's turned his energy into producing. Ty. I mean, he's produced some really good shit. Daddy's Home Two. Good movie. He's an executive producer on Succession, which I know is like a really I haven't seen it, but is like a really beloved TV show. Um, he executive produced Booksmart. He produced Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, which I've heard is good. He produced uh, Hustlers, which we thought was you know decent. Give him a break. All right, he's he's in a new point of his life. He is, but I'm just with that being said, he shouldn't be upset if Adam McKay doesn't want to cast him and is like, "Hey, why don't you just help me like make it a little? I'll give you, you know, producer cred." Well, he's uh starring in some other films such as uh upcoming Strays, which is an abandoned dog teams up with other strays to get revenge on his former owner. Um that sounds like an animated movie. It's got Jamie Foxx in it. Um okay. so there's that. There's a untitled esports project. Um, Will Ferrell loves to make uh, sports movies, so that's tight. We can write that film right now. He's gonna be an old dad who got divorced and got his money taken in the divorce, and he's got to find a new career. He lost his job somehow. It could be any of the above, and he plays a game for the first time with his son, or like he goes to a he's there's like a tournament at GameStop, and he just plays it because he needs a quick buck, and he ends up dominating everyone he's never played before, and he becomes this old guy in the esports scene. But then he comes up against this really good like young Asian guy who gets the best of him, and that's exactly what it's gonna that was be. So racist, that was so racist. To I'm not a young Asian guy. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to be racist. I'm sorry if that. I'm genuinely I'm sorry if that came off, but like. That's, I mean, he did the French guy in Taldiga Nights. I mean, come on. He's going to do. That's fair. He, he usually likes to do the America versus non-America. Yes, that's, that was the point I was making. I mean, okay. he did the, the Spanish, the Italian kids in uh, Kicking and Screaming. Um, yeah. So that's, that's fair. That's what that movie's about, though, right? Like, we already wrote it. Oh, yeah. No, a million percent. <laughs> and, like, he's probably going to just be, like, randomly streaming and shit. And, like, just get huge after his life falls apart and he gets back into video. He probably was, like, Donkey Kong champion at his, like, arcade growing up. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, 100%. He is in that musical video, uh, movie Spirited with Ryan Reynolds. So we'll see if that's an, if that is any good. So that's supposed to come out in 2022, it says. so. Spirited? Yeah, Spirited. Doesn't even have a poster yet. Yeah. I know nothing of this. Ran around to I'm hopeful. Score. Uh, me too. Me too. Dark yeah. Phoenix, circling back. 381 reviews. 10,000 plus verified ratings on Rotten Tomatoes for audience. 381, though, tomato meter. Ty, what do you think it got on the old tomato meter? So, look, I've been giving movies too much credit here recently. Um, I've been giving shitty movies, like, oh, maybe like a 40. We're going to go fucking single digits here. I'm rocking an 8. Okay, you gave it not enough credit. Fuck! 22%. That's still really bad. That's so bad. Never seen it, and I don't think I ever will. I was about to ask you, did you watch that movie? I watched that movie in theaters. I was very hopeful. 
because it's like the it's like x-men last is it x-men last stand it's like the remake of that story yeah and i was hoping they could do it right because that movie stuck sucked and it just still sucks it's just such an it's like if they fuck up thanos two times in a row is she supposed to be like their wanda it's like if they fucked up wanda um yeah, kind of i guess sort of the, the dark phoenix is like the she's like the top strongest x-men who can just like fuck everything up and like that's supposed to be the thing of her becoming this this huge fucking strong force who's like stronger than all the x-men and everything and trying to stop her and they just they just fucked that story up twice yeah that do- that doesn't sound great um yeah i i haven't seen any of the x-men movies um any of our comic book listeners that are this far in this podcast thank you um might you know think that's criminal but i'm just saving it for the mcu x-men that's the x-men i support um you haven't seen any of the x-men movies whatsoever not a single one that's terrible that's so bad i'm sorry that's like that's like the modern day like those were like right with spider-man that's the roots jay um i all i know is i saw a trailer once for one of the x-men movies i think it was apocalypse um and I saw the trailer, and I'm like, how the fuck are they going to beat that guy? He seems way too overpowered. That's my only X-Men take. That movie stunk. It seems like most of the X-Men movies stink, so maybe I'm not missing much. Now, here's the deal, though. Is if you power through the, the shitty movies, and you deal with the good and the bad, like the first couple, like, yeah, they're early 2000s. They're kind of good. One's good. Two's good. Three sucks. And then, like, the new, like, the rebooted X. Don't worry about the Wolverine, like, solo movies. Those all are kind of bad. Um, Besides And Logan. then you go into, like, the... What's up? Besides Logan. Oh, Logan's fantastic. I don't even fucking count that. It's an incredible fucking piece of film. Um, <laughs> and then you get like the new X-Men movies and you watch through those. The first one's good. I think the second one's whatever. I don't know. Days of Future Past is so fucking good, Jay. Okay. Days of Future Past connects like the old franchise to the new franchise and like fucks with the timeline. And it's just so fucking. All it's right. got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 91 audience score. It's worth it to power through some of the bad to where this movie makes full sense to you. Yeah, I probably won't do that. <laughs> you should. You should do that. I, we may have to find a way to work this in to the pod just to force you to watch them. That's a lot of movies to watch, Ty. I already got a lot of MCU on my plate. Um, speaking of MCU, next week we are going to – no movie or to review. To review, excuse me. We are going to, since 2021 will officially be in the books by the time we next record, we are going to rank all five MCU Limited series, shows, um, whatever you want to call them, we have in order, not in order of our ranking, in order of chronological, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, and we're not just ranking them. This isn't going to be a 10-minute podcast where we rank them 5 to 1 and we just talk about them a little bit. Each each series is going to go through its own patent-pending movie scale. Yes, they're not movies. They're kind of just like big movies if we really think about it. We're going to have yeah. to create a new like tab a six in our sheet. movie. Yeah. <laughs> We'll create a new tab in our sheet for the MCU shows that just lives there. Um, and we're going to go through all the categories and we're going to rank them that way. And when we do it, we're going to start with WandaVision. We're going to end with Hawkeye. And then, you know, we'll give our consensus one through five ranking. So there it is. Not only that, if we're doing our patent pending movie scale, we're going to give them a score, which means we can do our full MCU ranking of the year. Yes. So we yes. got the movie scores already. We'll compare them all. And we'll show what we like the most out of the MCU, what we like the least. Yes. Now, if anyone follows me on Twitter, I kind of already gave my full 2021 MCU rankings, um, but that was before I did the scores. So maybe the scores will show something that didn't come through on my tweet. So we'll see. True. Scores always help. That's why we go run it through the Falcon patent pending movie scale. Nothing lies. Fair enough. Ty, that's all I got scores for you. Frauds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, after that, we're, we're moving into January, which um, January is where movies go to die. Um, it's accepted as like the worst mo- month and like movies. It's like where all the movies that are just kind of shit get thrown. Um, so we might be going back doing some, some Oscar buzz movies, getting a little catch up up until uh, Morbius comes out in late January. Yep. That'll be exciting. So more MCU talk. We, I love some MCU talk, but until then MCU show scale, MCU patent pending movies show scale. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.